We're in Romans chapter 1, down to verse 26. The previous verse said they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator. So they just decided to worship what he made instead of him, a totally insult to God. We forget, Scripture tells us that our God, he is a jealous God. He does not like people worshiping lies, and that's what they are. He knows the truth about it all. And everything in the universe and nature glorifies him. It was made for certain reasons, and it's to honor him in doing what it was formed. And so they begin to pervert this because they begin to send more and yield to the devils more, and that's the consequences. So it says, because, in verse 26 and 27, for this reason, because they exchanged the worship, God gave them over to degrading passions, for their women exchanged a natural function for which that is unnatural. A woman with women instead of a woman with man and sexual marriage relations. And in the same way, verse 27, also the men abandoned the natural function of the woman and burnt in the desire toward one another. Burnt usually means seared or fixed in. Men with men committing indecent acts and receiving in their own persons the due penalty of their error. The consequences of sin. People can go deeper. It can alter their thinking. It affects their children. The sins of the fathers go to the third and fourth generation. Certain children, if they're raised around a gossipy mother, a lot of times they grow up gossiping. It becomes natural for them. And certain parts of the flesh we don't understand. Certain desires, they're perverted and weird, and they don't know where they come from, but they go through the human flesh and the fallen nature, and the devil encourages them with people. And the more they go into it, the deeper and more perverse they become, and the more God responds to it. See, he always responds to sin. His holiness and justice will always come against it. He doesn't always wait for the day of judgment. He's judging people now. Many people are being judged and don't know it. They're being deceived. They're being given over to lies. That's part of the judgment. And it says because they exchanged God for the objects he made, God released them to demon influence and deeper sins and desires. Even their natural desires began to change. And as they ex experimented with these gross sins, they get fixed in it. Their brain is altered, basically. People nowadays, you see the ads, well, it's an addiction. Everything's an addiction. It didn't start off an addiction. An alcoholic has a disease, of course, but it started off as a sin of drunkenness. AIDS and many diseases, they didn't start off automatically. They came from what? Originally, it came from men and women doing perverse sexual sins. So, of course, it can affect the body eventually. Body, soul, and spirit are affected and fixed. Many a children is born deformed and altered because their parents are on drugs. See, that's the consequence of sin. The influence of the corrupt nature 
That's why even innocent children, innocent as far as willfully sinning, they inherit the sins of their parents. Children are drug addicts when they're born because their mother's on drugs. So we see the consequences of the sin keep falling on those under them. And this is the part of the curse. So they exchange the lawful relationship, sexual relationship and marriage, we could say for everyone else. Women with women, men with men. This includes, you just name one of the perversions, perversions like bestiality, child molestation, sadism, enjoying torturing people for pleasure. It goes deeper and deeper and other perverse and shameful things. They reap more regression and evil in their own being. So that's the consequence when it says they receive the due penalty. It comes back upon them directly and indirectly from God. The consequences, that's a judgment on them. And what happens, they regress into evil and they become more evil and they go to the depths of sin to where they sin against their conscience and they become more depraved until some of them, there's no return from these things. And ultimately, because that is a form of blaspheming the Holy Spirit. With some of these, God gives up on them. He doesn't offer them grace anymore. He will not let them repent properly. They don't want to. They become almost totally depraved as demons that have no good in them and have no desire for good. If God was to offer demons repentance, they would spurn him because, see, there's no ability in them. Everything of God was taken from them when they fell. Their wisdom, like Satan's, is corrupted. They think totally different, you see? They don't reason the way we do. Humans are capable of doing good and evil. They're capable of exercising until they go to the depths of sin. So he's talking about general mankind and its process of what happens to the person who does not follow the Lord and the power that can come over him. So they reap more and more. The Apostle Paul says, it is a shame to speak of those things which are done in secret. Sodom was during part of the day they were in the sins that were shameful, and people used to do it night and be secretive about it. But they threw off decency and shame, and they actually wanted to rape the two angels that came into the city because they came, and their parents was as two young men. And they told Lot, bring them out to us that we know them. And you know, when they were going to force themselves through the door. The angels lifted their hands and struck them with blindness. But that's how perverse they were. See, they'd gone further and further. So they were ripe for destruction. The world was ripe at Noah's time. It says they were evil from their youth up. It means, which is usually not as normal, because their sins were encouraged by their wicked parents. And it almost applies in the scripture. Of course, he's using human terminology so we can understand. But it says, and repentant God that he made man. It's implied he did not, from the human standpoint, he didn't expect man to regress that quickly. Of course, he knows, but he's trying to relate how horrible the sin is. 
and why he's judging that world, in which he did. Warned them through the preaching of Noah for 120 years. He got no converts other than his family. Isn't that amazing? It shows you how hard they become. Same with Lot. He said he was righteous Lot was vexed, troubled. It means tormented, having to live around this wickedness and being a righteous person. Okay? So we're seeing the depravity and the depths of sin. And again, there are sins that are not even mentioned because they're so gross and perverse. Even the Lord talks about them. He's talking about the general wickedness of mankind. He doesn't bother going into some of these weird, extreme things that even the sinners sometimes are repulsed by that shows you the depths of the devil and what he can do with a person. So they are extreme that he doesn't even mention them. Serial killers, those who enjoy, for whatever reasons, killing people, torturing people and children, you know they're demonized, but they're responsible. They didn't start off that way. Sadism, afflicting pain on others, finding pleasure in doing those things. See, they're not even mentioned, and they are just as bad or worse. The worst that Paul mentions probably is murder and blasphemy. But these, like I say, they're even more remote and extreme, but he doesn't bother talking about them. The scripture says, and such things. That's why it says you don't even speak of certain things people do. They're so revolting and they're so perverse, you don't need to discuss them too much. They incite the demon activity in people, like pornography and sexual things and talking about they'll stir a person's carnal nature up. And so it says we are to avoid those things. Paul said it's a shame to speak of those things. And we'll get into later. And we're bombarded with things like that through the entertainment world. They invent sin. They add more sin to the sins already. And we'll see why the process, why God one day will take care of it. Okay? So they're inventors of evil things. And so we should watch. Other sins that are not mentioned, they're so perverse. Cannibalism and religions that magnify all kinds of perverse sexual acts as a part of their religion. The Corinthians had to deal with this. Uh, That was what some of them came out of. All of the popular religions in Rome's day added a lot of sex with it. And they had temple prostitutes, male and female, and you go and offer your money to your gods, and then you go enjoy yourself with all these sins. See, they are the perverse. It is interesting You never find Paul or anybody ever go into a heathen temple and worship a witness to him. Even the saints, Christians, know the limit is give them over to it. Let them worship what they were. They preached the gospel in the open, but they never went into their places of worship. They never partook or even went near them. So that's what they had to deal with. Many of the Corinthians had come out of that sort of idolatry and fornication and so forth. And that was a part of their religion. That was the things that are a shame to get details on. And they were perverse in many ways. That's not written in the Bible. History records some of them. So the 
normal centers, we should say, even many normal, what we call normal centers, they may be a good citizens and morally good and everything, but they still have wickedness and they don't serve the Lord. But they look at those things as repulsive and degrading. And even in some of the cities and places, certain crimes were so revolted to them that they, the governments of the wicked nations had them put to death. They just thought it was so bizarre. Shows you what the depths of sin can go to. Verse 28, And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, it means they once, they had the abilities and the knowledge of these things. As we said in the last lesson, from Adam to Noah, Noah's father or grandfather was living during Adam's time. So they were not excused. They had a witness, and they knew the stories, and that's how quickly they regressed when they give themselves over to the devil. So God gave them over to a depraved mind. Depraved mind means void of spiritual understanding, blinded, deceived. So see, uh, often sins, they know what they're doing, but eventually deeper demons take over, and they believe their own lies. Some of them lie, and they know it's a lie. But then after a while, they begin to believe the lie. It says they'll believe the lie and be damned. So we can see the prior. But God gives them over. He stops dealing with them through his spirit. They still, to a degree, until they sear it, have the law. They have the inner conscience. They have nature. And they could respond even to that, but they don't. And God decides that the punishment is, I'll take the truth, further truth from them. I won't strive with them, and I'll give them over to their demons. So that's the consequences of playing with sin. And we should say, in a playing with God's grace, that's the consequence. We'll talk about that in a little bit, the ultra Calvinistic liars teach that people are under grace and faith, so they have a license to sin. It doesn't matter how they, much they sin, because their spirit cannot sin. Well, see, that's how depraved they are. They believe this lie. Oh, well, Jesus is my Savior, but he's not my Lord, because I'm sort of living the way I want to. But I have fire insurance because of the grace of Jesus. Those are the types of deceptions that God gives them over to, and very few of them ever come back to the Lord. When you're taught that and raised that, the demon gets a hold of you, and he holds on, and your own mind becomes perverted to truth. These are what we say are consequences, the penalty of sinning in these ways. So God gave them over to a depraved mind, void of spiritual understanding to do those things that are not proper. See, when God gives up on them in that way, it doesn't deal with, the demons take advantage and people go from sin to sin, try new things, experiment, and the sin, certain types of sin binds people more than others. And then it becomes, we can say, an addiction, but they're responsible for the addiction. They are driven. And some of them have to have demons cast out of them before they can be delivered. And some of them go so far they don't want to be delivered. 
They enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, but they forget the one day God will call everyone into account for what they do. Okay, being filled with, he names some sins here, all unrighteousness, notice the sins he names, that he's not naming them all, being filled with all, they're full of evil, unrighteousness, wickedness, covetousness, which is greed, love of money, evil, just evil in principle, full of envy and murder and strife, deceitful, ill will, gossip, slanderers, haters of God, not interesting, arrogant, insolent, pride, venters of evil things, disobedient, not having respect for their parents, disregarding the older teenagers or young adults that usually still live with their parents, call that a sin too. Bashan is talking about obedient, godly parents. It ain't referring to corrupt parents here, okay? Without understanding. That's what it means to be depraved. God removes spiritual understanding. The scripture says, the wicked shall never understand. It means in this world, his perception of spirituality is blocked. God only gives wisdom. It's a spiritual process to his own. Jesus said, I thank you, Father, that you've hidden these things from the wise and understanding of the world. Isn't that interesting? People don't want to believe that. Ministers don't want to believe that all God is love. See, they pervert the words that God uses and the purpose he uses them. And that's what happens to them. They go from depth to depth in their sin. Okay, and then it says without that spiritual understanding, see, they are given over further into sins. They believe lies and are damned. That's what's going to happen when the Antichrist comes. The majority of the people are going to take the mark of the beast. And the scripture says when they take this number, this tattoo or whatever, they're damned forever. They can never be saved. And it says because they love not the truth, God gave them over to a strong delusion that they should believe a lie and be damned. So who's he giving them over to? Demons, lying spirits. That's why he does it. See, it's his right to do this. He owns those perverse spirits and these corrupt spirits. And he says, if these corrupt people want it, then give it over to them because he knows that they will be fixed in it and ultimately they will be unredeemable. See, that's the consequence. And we say, like, he names about 20 types and degrees of particular sin. The corrupt nature and the man from the fall, he has the potential for all of these things. And some sins are magnified more by others. Some don't bother others as much. And we see the branches that it takes off with many people. And like you say, the influence of the parents have a lot to do with it. And what the person begins to experiment with will lock him into that sin, and then the demon will encourage it further and bind them further in these sins. Okay, if you look at 1 Corinthians, well, it's 6, verses 9 through 11, 
Uh, he names another 10 or so. Some are the same ones. He will mention it. But the thing is, if when he skips certain sins, he simply names some. And then he says, and the such like. Well, anybody that's not totally uh, giving themselves on the sin, they know right for wrong. And they know what evil is. And they know it can take any kind of branch and avenue. So he doesn't bother naming a hundred sins. He just says the such like. You know what they are. You know what they produce until you see your conscience. The good thing about it is as he names all these horrible sins, from homosexuality to murder to child molestation and other, the worst sins we can think of, the amazing thing is we see that God gives hope for most of sinful man. Look at verse 11. And such were some of you. Who's he talking to? He's talking to the Christian. He says, and many of you, you lived like that before you came to the Lord. You you came out of these cults, these Corinthian demons you worship, these idols. So he's given us hope that even in these perverse sins, some come out from them. God offers grace to these people. Like I say, until they blaspheme the Holy Spirit, offended him where he does not like it enough, that he just decides I'll not deal. God will be gracious to whom he will be gracious, and he'll harden whom he will harden. So those who harden themselves against God and go to the depths of sin, they have a more likelihood of God deciding not to offer them grace anymore as examples to other people. But notice this one scripture. We should read it often. The lion heretics and false teachers should read it often. And such were some of you. Now he's going to use the word were here four times. What does were mean? It means past, past tense, okay? And he says, but you were washed. See, the word of God convicted you and changed you and caused you to come to the Lord, the gospel. But you were sanctified. He removed it all. He started to work in the person, the Christian. He's talking to Christian here. But you were justified, just as if you had not sinned. Through what, he says, so you were washed, sanctified, and justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. And who did the work, it says, by the Spirit of our God. It wasn't a mental ascent. It wasn't just a lip service, Lord, Lord. See, most of the Christendom is false. Jesus will say, I never knew you. But these, he's saying, you've been worked on by the Holy Spirit because you yielded to him. You repented and believed and followed the Lord. And the Holy Spirit did these things because you did your part in responding to the gospel. So he says, were, past tense. The false person says, well, I'm saved, once always saved, and I can sin and everything. and." That's a lie. So you've been deceived because he tells a true Christian, you were like that. What is he saying? You're not like that anymore. You're not any of these practicing sins. You're not in because you can't be in them and be a Christian anymore. See, he makes it very plain. That seals 95% or more of the people who claim to be Christians. Never knew him and they never changed because the spirit did not act on them. He did not regenerate them. 
He did not put Christ in them. They were just lip service, like Constantine. His mother was supposedly a Christian. We don't know today whether she was. And so he had some kind of vision, he thought. We don't know if it was a lion vision. And eventually, when he won the battles, he commanded the whole empire to become Christians. Isn't that wonderful? Nothing happened. You know what happened? Millions of people accepted Christianity and continued in their idolatry. There was no work of the Holy Spirit. That was one of the worst things that ever happened. And so you get all these people who think they're Christians, but they're worshiping other gods too. They they didn't have to give their other gods up. See, this is a part of the became a part of the uh, Roman Catholic system in the Dark Ages. Very similar. It was the same thing. Progressive mix of Christianity and hold on to perverse forms of worship. That's why in Book of Revelation, she's called the great adulteress, the great whore who rides the beast, the Antichrist will use her, and then he'll destroy that system for his own benefits, okay? So we say, how glorious, how wonderful that God offers grace and mercy to the masses and to the sinner as a whole. That's the part of God so loving the world that is so perverted. Most people in the world and false Christians think that means that a God find a way for them. Well, he has already done it, and they've not yielded to him, and so he's going to consign them to the lake of fire for eternity. So they forget that part. They quote one scripture, they quote, and then they misapply it. They quote that scripture, everybody knows that scripture. Number one scripture, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Isn't that wonderful? And a few verses down, he said, and he that believeth not on the son is damned, is already condemned. And the wrath of God remains on him because he doesn't obey. That's what the belief means, trust and obey in Christ. So they don't go far enough. See, those two scriptures in the same context should be put together. They shouldn't be separated. It'll make people understand, oh, there's a love of God, but it don't override sin if a person does not obey and come to the Lord and follow the Lord. So everybody's quoting this one scripture and they're using it out of context and it's going to damn their souls in the end. So the lying teachers and heretics who add or take from the word They don't want you to see these words four times, were, were these things, past tense, see, means you're not that anymore. And the ultra-lying Calvinistic people, oh, you got a license of sin. Because you're under grace and faith, you don't have to worry. Oh, see, they're lying to the people. They've not come out of these things, so they haven't properly repented. Jesus said, repent first. Several times he said, repent and believe. Well, a lot of people believe it ain't doing a bit of good. They have to make it about face and stop these gross sins and get them forgiven and then get the strength of the Lord not to do them and stay with the Lord. See, that's the false Christianity out there. And by the way, we're on this. Let's go to, I've heard to hear this so many times. Look at verse 12. 
Now, see, it's a continuation of when he says this about all these sins, that you were like that. Then in verse 12, he says, all things are lawful for me. All the heretics and the Calvinistic liars point to the sins he listed before. Notice the perversion and the lying spirits. So if you read it that way and cut off everything else and don't read the whole context, it sounds like you could do all of those sins and it's lawful for me to do it because I'm a Christian. Well, it doesn't jive with the worst, some of you. If it had said, you are this, we might look at it a little differently. But when he says, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful, what is he talking about? A portion of the next verse he's talking about. At first he says, I'll not be brought under the power. Foods, he's talking about eating and drinking. Christians that came to the Lord and Jews, they had all these things they couldn't do. and couldn't. The Corinthians felt that a lot of the meat and drink and certain things was bad for them, and they had a weak conscience, Paul said. But notice verse 13 says, for food is for the stomach and the stomach for food, but God will destroy both of them. But now the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. So you see how they take one scripture. Oh, I've argued with people or debated years ago. Oh, all things are lawful for us as Christians. Oh, it's not good, and we won't get no rewards, but we can do it. I've sat and debated with young men, sailors, who tell me how saved they are while they're waiting for a prostitute to come down the street when I lived in Hawaii. And we were witnessing in the bad sections of town. Oh, I'll come back later and talk to you. I said, don't waste your time. You're already damned. He never came back. See, he had never heard no way tell him he was damned. He was a false Christian. See? Yeah, hurry up, I'll be back. But I'm going to go have some sex with this whore. Oh, but I'm a fine Christian. So that's what he was telling me. He was going to show me the scripture. <laughs> I thought, yeah, you're going to show me the perversions of scripture. And before we go on, another famous scripture they use. Paul said, the scripture, remember that says, nothing shall separate us from the love of God. And he named several things, persecution, trial. He doesn't name sin. And the heretic and the ultra-Calvinistic says, oh, that includes sin. It came. He's talking to Christians who are walking in the spirit. He's not talking to those walking in the flesh. See how well heretics perverse scripture to their own damnation? And these people deserve what they get because they don't study the Bible. They love to take the verses out of context. They don't read what's before it or what's behind it. They just grab it and pull it out. And Peter said, that's what they do to Paul's writings. He said, they torture scripture to their own damnation. Hasn't changed, has it? So anyway, those are two famous ones the heretics like that we have to be wise to. And Jesus said, leave them alone. Let them believe the lie. And the teacher and those like that will be damned. He doesn't mess with them. Those in the church that start falling, the body of Christ that start falling for heresies, Paul said you warn them two times and then you throw them out. You don't hound them for 20 years. You don't wait until they're dying on their deathbed because God ain't messing with them. The process of hardening's gone too far. See, He's not saving people to keep them out of hell. That's a byproduct. 
He's saving people to live like Christ Jesus and live righteously in this world. That's the main reason. That's why Paul doesn't mention hell itself, a lake of fire. He just says the wrath of God. Well, Jesus sure mentioned it. One quarter of all of his parables have to do with hell and judgment. Seven times he says, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And that astounded who, who spoke about those. That hell was created for the devil and his angels, and it had to be enlarged because God's going to have a lot of mankind to put in there at the end. Okay, They're made for the wicked is what he's made it for. And hell and death, it says, shall be cast into the lake of fire. Ultimately, everything's going in. And he says, then they shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. Well, people say, well, there should be no day and night. The scripture says in the holy city, it will always be light. But evidently in the new heaven and above, God's going to let night and day go on. And that's amazing. And it's another amazing thing. He says of the 12 gates to the city, and the city seems to be about 1,500 miles square, and there's three large pearly gates on each side. And it says an angel watches over them and said, it will never be closed. But he names a bunch of centers, and he says, and they will never go in. Well, why won't they go in? Because they'll be in the lake of fire for eternity. That's interesting, isn't it? So people need to understand what God thinks about sin. The smoke of their torment shall ascend forever. What's forever? A trillion centuries. And the lamb and the angels will observe their smoke and say how righteous God is. They won't feel no pity for them. See, once you enter hell, you've experienced the consuming fire. And what does God say? I am a consuming fire. He gives this in Deuteronomy, and then he warns the Christian in Hebrews through the writer, serve God with fear, and what's acceptable, for our God is a consuming fire. He's speaking of his wrath. So the lake of fire is the consuming God against them. There's no mercy. There's no pleasant thoughts. If you read the context that scripts talk about, they're under utter contempt. It means total disregard. God has no pleasant thoughts toward them. Actually, his wrath is still being explained against them because that's how it always is against sin. So people need to wake up and stop making God a Pollyanna. When the Bible tells you the majority of adult mankind's going to end up there, I think people sort of think about it sometimes and live right. That's what he's talking about. Okay, in verse 32, and although they knew, that's the sending people, the ordinances, the laws of God, and those who practice such things are worthy of death. That I only do the same, but I also hardly approve of those who practice them. Now we're going to see in the next verse, he, he's addressing the Jews and Jewish professing Christians that aren't living right. But he's mainly going after Jews too, who, who had the ordinances and had the privileges. And they think because they had the covenant, they were better, and he's going to show them how worse they were. Because if they didn't live it, they were considered under greater judgment. So he said the same thing. You not only do the same things, but you approve of the wickedness 
that these people do. So besides, we could say, and although, and for your information, well, let's take a break here. 